listening to the Testudo Times Podcast, the official podcast of SB Nation's Maryland Terrapins Colossus. And welcome to episode 80 of the Testudo Times Podcast. If I sound strange, it's because your humble host has been mourning Mellow Trimble's departure from Maryland by taking lots and lots of cold medicine. These two things are actually unrelated, but when you put them together, they sound like they might be related. A couple of people are joining us. First of all, Thomas, uh, when the news came, what did you do? Did you listen to My Heart Would Go On? Um, no, I, I, I didn't actually do that. Um, Whitney Houston? What happened? No, I didn't actually play anything. I think I think I had some other music just on already, and then, you know, I was, you know, it was right in between classes, but it was at a, at a time where, you know, we had a story prepped, and you saw the news, and you're like, okay, get it out, get it out, and then and then later, um, you know, I will remember you ended up being the song. Oh, okay, that one works too. Courtesy of Andrew Terrell, of course. Time of your life. Oh, actually, that song's horrible, and you should never play that in any remembrance situation. You shouldn't play that song in any situation because it's a pile of steaming really flaming a, garbage. It's not really a remembrance song, I don't think. Well, it kind of is. They played it at every bar mitzvah at the end of it, and the ones that I went to. Fittingly, all the ones that I went well, to that were terrible. Anyway, well, that's, we're that's getting off, we're getting off topic slightly um, and delaying something that we should mention. Uh, as you know, at Testudo Times, we go through editors quite often because we're all students. Well, I'm not anymore, but most of us are students. And since Ryan, your humble editor, is graduating in May, we need new people to help man the staff of this site with so many great things to talk about. And Thomas is already very young, so he's going to be back in the future. But one of your new editors is joining us tonight. Jared Goldstein, please tell the lovely ladies and gentlemen, the 700 or so people that listen to this show, whatever the clicks we get, uh, tell them your life story. Well, I was born February 9th, whoa, whoa, 1997. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, okay. Maybe not that. <laughs> All right. I will, I'll, start, I'll start much sooner. Um, I'm a multi-platform journalism major at the University of Maryland. I grew up uh, in Westchester, New York, and went to high school in Maryland. And, um, you know, I'm just living life. I'm a sophomore, and uh, I'm glad to be here. You are glad to be, and we're glad to have you. We have another editor named Lamar, who you have already seen writing some things, but he could not be with us tonight. Uh, but he will be on the show at some point in the near future. Maybe he didn't want to talk about Mellow Trimble because it makes him sad. Well, because it makes us all sad, even though this is the inevitable that happened. And, Thomas, I don't think any of us are shocked at the decision that was made. Um, I wasn't shocked by his decision to declare because that is what you do when, especially when the they made the rules what they are, which is you can declare and then come back. I am surprised he hired an agent to get it over with now, you know, and because they they made the system kind of for guys like Mello who don't really know where they stand. And, you know, if they don't have a good combine, you know, maybe they're kind of just fringe draftable, fringe even NBA prospects. And, you know, I guess I guess Trimble decided – you know, he wanted to go through that, go through with it either way, which and is an understandable decision, and it's a fine decision. Well, I think, um, somebody, I think somebody here pointed out that if he came back next year, he'd be 23 years old when he left college. 
and there yeah. isn't really much of a market in the NBA for 23-year-old guards with his skill set. So whether that means he gets to the NBA, slogs it in the D-League, or goes over to Europe or China or something like that, I mean, his decision was kind of made for him. He wasn't going to gain a ton by coming back to Maryland, but he knows that his NBA stock isn't great, but he's got to make money while he can make money, I guess. And I think that's why the decision ended up being made and why it ended yeah. up being made so strictly. I don't think he wanted to string himself along like he did last year. That was a long, drawn-out, arduous process that I don't think anybody wants to go through once, let alone twice. Uh, that's that's fair. Um, and it is worth noting that you know they, they lost Robert Carter last year for really the, the same reason. Um, you know, Carter had a year of eligibility left because he registered a year, but he had already graduated and decided that um, he uh, really did need to, you know, just just start going pro and making money because because you only have so long to play professional. And well, wherever I, you end up playing professionally, yeah, wherever it is, and you you do want to maximize that window. Yes, and for Mello, that window is already a bit shorter considering his age. For a lot of college players, it's not like that. But for Mello, he is a bit older when he came to school. Jared, uh, you didn't see him Maryland's uh, Mello's freshman year because you weren't in Maryland yet, although you were in the area. So for you, the last two years when you've seen Mello Trimble playing at Maryland, you've kind of been in there full bore, so to speak. So... A, are you shocked by this decision? And B, then what are you going to remember Mello Trimble for at Maryland of the many things that Maryland fans will remember him for? Well, I guess I'll start by by clarifying that I've been a diehard Maryland fan pretty much all my life. Um, okay, so, th- th- this needed to be qualified. See, yeah, so doesn't ask these questions beforehand. He just assumes that stuff will come out during the show. This is what you call That's no prep, right. ladies and gentlemen. No, no worries here. So yeah, so I've been I've been a diehard fan my whole life. My parents went here. A bunch of other family members went here. So um, I've actually, you know, I've been watching Maryland basketball my whole life, long before Mellow Trimble. Um, but but so I guess ex- having experienced all three years and two of them in person of of Mellow, um, I guess what I'll remember most is always feeling like Maryland had a chance to win every game because of Mello. Um, granted, you know, some games he wasn't, you know, at the top of his game, but but I always went into a game the last two years as a fan um, feeling like no matter who the opponent was, uh, we had a chance to win. So that's that's kind of how I'll remember remember him um, and just another thing is is that he was always smiling which is something that um, that I admire about a player of his caliber um, it would be easy to you know just kind of put your head down and, and get frustrated when things don't go well but but he always seemed to be smiling and you know that was a uh, that was definitely one thing that I remember from him. If this, if we wouldn't get sued for doing it, this would be a point where you would start playing and I Would Always Love You by Whitney Houston. Exactly. Mm, yes, it's, it's exactly true. Uh, despite this, there was somebody on Twitter, and we posted it in our, uh, our little chat, and then I went and took matters into my own hands, 
and responded to said tweet, um, somebody whose name will be mentionless and his place of work will remain uh, nameless. You could go check my Twitter timeline if you want to find it. Uh, this person said college career might be over, but he stopped playing a lot earlier. And then he described to me that Mello was catatonic at the end of the Northwestern game. And I'm just looking at it like, what? Anyway, that's just a random observation from me and somebody else. And I think, Thomas, when we look at his legacy, it's really the man who transformed Maryland from an also-ran to a program that's back on the map again. He kind of single-handedly did that. Um, I think, you know, we, we, he he has been the least common denominator. You know, the, the, common, the common, you know, bond between the last three teams that – you know, have, you know, as, as kind of a group, I would say, you know, put Maryland back on the map. So definitely you, you do have to give him that credit. I, I don't even know if I would say it was just him, but for sure he had as probably as big a part of it um, as anybody. Um, you know, he's, he's been, you know, very impressive this whole time. And, you know, I guess it was time to go, though. Well, it certainly was time to go. I don't think anybody's going to dispute that. There probably would be a few, but even this one, I think Maryland fans are like, you got the three best years you could possibly get out of him, and you kind of transform the program back again into what Maryland fans want the program to be as opposed to what it was before he got here. So I don't think anybody's going to be Grudge Bell Trimble, and someday, and it's probably going to be soon, that number two will be retired up at Xfinity Center, which is going to be very, very interesting and a very fun day there was also another transfer that kind of got buried by this other player departure i guess we could say thomas and it was micah thomas transferring now he was this recruit that was picked up at the end of the recruiting period last year very raw player small forward only played in the exhibition season redshirted this year and we all thought he was going to play a big role next year and now he's gone and it came really as a bit of a surprise it kind of happened while we were all still kind of processing the mellow thing and suddenly we learned that oh now micah thomas is gone and you know people had talked about we don't know you know how many transfers are going to be if anybody mellow's going to leave we don't know if there's going to be a scholarship open and in a couple hours we went to having two of them open. um and and micah thomas I, I don't know a ton about you know how much he developed um in practice this year um, I do know that he was, you know, a pretty, a pretty good project, and definitely had the potential, especially on defense, to be, you know, a great player. Um, it is a shame that if he does do that, it it won't be in a Maryland uniform. Um, interestingly enough, my friend who's in a, a class with several of these freshmen. Oh boy, um, we're going yeah. down this road. Yeah, but but Michael Thomas say is this on the podcast. Yeah, well, Michael okay. Thomas is still in class. It, 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 that's worth noting. Okay. Is that, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, All right, that is. It is, you know, interesting to see where he ends up. I don't I don't happen to know the rule off the top of my head if, if he'll be eligible he'll anytime soon. Of, he'll have four years of eligibility, though I believe he'll probably, if we're going off this because he's not a grad transfer, I believe he'll probably have to sit out a year wherever he goes Which and then play four years. Which because he already missed – he he redshirted this year already. Yeah. So I think he would end up with maybe only three. I know. He'll have to sit if he goes to a Division One school. I'll have to sit if he goes down a division, he can play immediately. I think. Okay. I mean, 
I don't know the point of going down a division, but after somebody who's watched a bunch of D3 basketball this year, which, whatever that means. So, Jared, what, what do you think of this move? Because it's really surprising. We figured Thomas, because of Maryland's issues in the front court uh, next season, just looking at the depth chart, we figured that Thomas was going to certainly get some time, and now the big hole in the front court is now becoming a gaping hole. Yeah, I mean, I, I always think Micah Thomas is probably going to be um, a project. Uh, he was real thin and lanky. Um, to me, he never seemed like a guy who would be anything more than kind of a three and D type guy um, to to probably play that point position uh, in Turgeon's diamond pressure system um, when they brought it out, which in my opinion wasn't enough. Um, but uh, I think that that the front court is going to be fine uh, with Cowan and Herter and and you know and, and Daryl Morsell coming in and Jalen Brantley as a backup and potentially someone else with one of these two open scholarship spots now. So uh, I'm not too worried about the the backcourt right now. Um, but you know I guess we'll see we'll see how those spots get filled. Yes, yeah, the front court issues though, Thomas. With Tom, Micah Thomas, with Thomas, and we're talking about Micah Thomas. Funny how this all connects together. Uh, with Micah Thomas, we figured to play as a sort of three because he's six seven. You know, interesting role, but he would have occupied, I think, more front court minutes, maybe swingy type minutes. But as we mentioned last week, if you listen to the show with Ryan and Matt, uh, the front court's got some holes in it, despite the reappearance of Michael Chakovsky and the addition of Bruno Fernando. But now with a couple of scholarship spots open, don't you think that that's going to be an area that Mark Turgeon's going to look at for some grad transfers potentially? It makes a bunch of sense, doesn't it? Oh, for sure. And, you know, hopefully I haven't, you know, done a ton of uh, scouting the grad transfer market just yet. Um, you know, he's gotten grad transfers in the last two cycles. Um, he got LG Gill, who was at the time seen as sort of one of the better uh, forward you know, transfers on the market. He didn't work out as well as obviously anyone really would have hoped, but um, you, you do, I think that is the position that if you, if you do want to go down that route, that's where you want to fill your, your hole. I would say so because as Jared just mentioned, with the fact that Maryland, I think is pretty well suited at guard. And now I don't think there's going to be as much urgency for Jared Nickens or Deion Wiley to transfer, although I still think it's possible. We haven't heard about one yet, but there, I guess there would still be a little bit of time for a move like that to materialize. We speculated about this before, and the only reason why we did was because we figured with the guard minutes the way that they were, those two being on the outs towards the end of the season, we figured it was certainly plausible. And there's still, like, guards five and six on the depth chart. Uh, I, I do not see any way that a guard comes in either via recruiting or via uh, transfers, do you? I, I just don't think it would make sense, at least now, but 2018-19, it will absolutely make sense. Oh, for sure. Um, I mean, I think certainly no more point guards are coming in, um, but maybe maybe kind of like a, a, a wing-type player who, I, I guess, guess... that's kind of the role that Thomas guys, would have fit anyway, like that. right? I think Thomas might have been a slightly more stretch, like more of a stretch four than a two three kind of guy, but because um, he, he's he's another guy with a big wingspan, 
um, pretty sure. And so, you know, that, that would have been a pretty good spot for him. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think you could get kind of a, a swing man kind of guy, you know, someone like an MJ Walker seems still interested, but um, yeah, I don't think, you know, certainly no more point guards are coming. I think it, that is the point you, you would want to get more of a forward. Yes, I can absolutely see that. And uh, Jared, as we look at it uh, next year, in terms of who is going to be a senior and graduating, uh, you have, as we said, both Brantley and Nickens are going to be seniors. You're obviously also going to have Tchaikovsky as a senior. So even if they go in next year with uh, one scholarship spot available, they're going to have a lot for 2018-19. And I guess, so to speak, then it maybe changes the way we think next year is going to be. We think this team's probably going to be as good, if not a little bit better anyway, because of the freshmen having another year in the system. But now... How do you think this offseason plays out in terms of Maryland trying to add players? Um, I would definitely say that I, w- I would think that Maryland would add a one player with two scholarship spots open. I think they would add at least one more player. Um, and my bet with that would be uh, that that would be a grad transfer. I think MJ Walker, as a, a member of the class of 2017, is still interested potentially, uh, but I'm not sure that that would fall into place. Uh, I think a few things would have to happen first um, with, uh, with other schools and, and kids declaring for the draft and whatnot. Uh, that process is going to play itself out, but I would imagine that uh, Turgeon would look to add uh, a big man um, with his with one of those scholarship spots and just have that um, slot only take up one year and be open again um, going into the following season. Yeah. As you look at 2018-19, with no other transfers or additions at this point, if it was just straight as it is now, Maryland would have five roster slots open, and they could do a lot with that in 2018-19. And again, also projecting ahead of it, if none of the three freshmen from last year end up leaving to go to the NBA, which I would assume that that's obviously possible, there's the potential for a really interesting 2018 recruiting class, but that's looking ahead a bit. Speaking of other basketball-related things, Thomas, you went to Bridgeport, and I think you and most of us expected you were going to be there a while. You weren't. What happened? Um. Well, Maryland Woods basketball played its worst game of the season in the single elimination tournament at the end of the season, which is not usually a good time no i don't think you want to play your worst game of the season and the last game of your season yeah because that just leaves everyone on a you know kind of a sad note and you know rihanna jones shatori walker kimbrough for that to be their last game you know it 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 stings and especially even seeing how oregon played uconn and i mean let's be honest you might not have watched that game but they got totally rolled over yeah and i mean that would have at least been somewhat more competitive we think. Yeah, no, Maryland would have given them a real run. I, I stand by that. Um, you know, this, this version of Maryland matched up about as well with with UConn as any other team um, really in the country just based on personnel right now, um, which is why, you know, losing before you had, a sh- had your shot at them stings as much as it does because Oregon was not is not built to 
so take them. And I don't know, I don't know if I'm that confident in any of the other teams in the Final Four to do that. But I think they'll, I think they'll get two close games because they're all, you know, really solid teams in this Final Four. But I, I just don't know. So if I'm reading between the lines correctly here, Thomas, you are saying that Maryland, of the teams that are left, of the other three, I guess, had a better chance than all of them to beat UConn. Yeah. Okay. Well, especially because South Carolina, at least last I checked, has been playing without their their best center, Elena Coates, who is a player kind of like Brianna Jones that UConn just doesn't have in its lineup, in its starting lineup. Okay. So what went wrong against Oregon? Because I was out on the West Coast and sleeping when that game was occurring. Uh, no, yeah. seriously, that's that's not good an old, excuse. That oh yeah, actually no, happened. good old good old eight thirty Pacific starting time. Yeah, after going to a game that started at seven thirty Pacific time the night before in the rain, another sport. But it was that was a good night. Uh, the Maryland result was not something I wanted to wake up to. Yeah, that was. Um, I mean. It was it was more really Oregon just really disrupted everything they wanted to do I guess you know the 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 team just came out flat and didn't make their shots and then they stopped attempting them I mean a team that has you know really been able to pride itself on three point shooting this year went zero for six and they just they stopped even trying you know and they would force the ball inside and then you know Oregon would jump a passing lane. And that you know that happened. They turned it over 21 times. So when you don't make a three and you turn it over 21 times, you don't you're usually gonna lose. win games. Yeah, you're gonna especially lose. at this stage of the tournament. Even though Oregon was a 10 seed, yes, and I believe Oregon's what were they? Speaking, what were... They're a very good team. They are. I'm, they're very I'm young really too. In, see, yeah, I'm gonna be really excited to see what they do in the next couple of years i believe what was it in terms of double digit seeds making the elite eight there are i mean for the men that's not a highly uncommon thing but in the women's yeah, tournament it is it very uncommon i think they might have been the first te- 10 seed to make the elite eight i would know this is something you can look up on your own time these are things we didn't want to have to look up on our own time let's be honest uh set up maryland's next season for us. Obviously, we know Shatori Walker, Kimbrough, and Bree Jones aren't going to be there, but Destiny Slocum is, and she's amazing, and Maryland still recruits really well. That's something Brenda Freeze has done for many, many years, and apparently it has continued, yes? Uh, actually, uh, they don't have anybody coming in. They don't, year. really? No, they, they got a six-player class this year, and they have uh, two recruits lined up for 2018. Wow. But they already, have, that... a 12, they already have 12 players on the roster for 2017. Oh, I didn't know they that. They do have... They do have Eliana Kristinaki, who is a um, transfer from Florida. She's a mid-season transfer. She'll still be eligible halfway through the year. That's weird. I've never Which heard of might, her before. I mean, you you see it every now and then. It it is pretty rare for a high-profile player to be like that. Even Bender was a mid mid mid-year transfer, and okay. uh, that's why he didn't play until halfway through last season. But so Kristinaki, after the first semester, will be eligible, which will which could lead to um, her first game being against UConn, perhaps. Wait, which wait, wait, be, hold on. When do they play UConn next year, and where is this game taking place? Not, that that game's in stores, and UConn's going to be so, 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 so good. 
it, it's not so this was supposed to be their down year and yeah. they still might win the national championship and next year they're going to be ridiculously crazy stacked yeah, because next year's team is this year's team plus the number one recruit in the country plus two very good uh transfers oh all right so good luck with that but in terms yeah. of maryland what, what, what are you thinking for next year um, so for next year, I think so. Kristanaki will be, um, uh, it'll be either Slocum or Kristanaki ended up and ending up probably being the best scorer. Um, obviously, you know Slocum will have the first half of the season to be that. Um, Kyla Charles is coming back. Uh, Bree Frazier is probably um, the most accomplished big on the team right now, although. Uh, Stephanie Jones and maybe Jenna Stady will make, you know, make some noise next year. Um, Kristen Confroy will be back for her senior year. Kiera Leslie should be coming back off a red shirt. So, I mean, th- there is a lot of intrigue with next year's team, but it, it, it won't have the upside that this year's did. So, Jared, you've been quiet for too long. What did you think about the exit of this year's women's team and what their future might look like? Well, having, in all honesty, not, not paid a ton of attention to well, you're going the to women's now. basketball you're going team. I'm going to now, absolutely. This is the, um, get the podcast trial by fire. That's fine with me. Um, no, I mean, I guess as a general sports fan, a ger- uh, general Maryland sports fan, um, you know, obviously you know that they're one of the most consistent uh, and good and and good teams on campus. So. Um, you know, I guess I was I was surprised to see the the, the early I guess Seuss's team is an early exit for them um, from the tournament, um, especially to what well, Oregon was a, what a ten seed and eleven seed, the double digit seed. So, um, you know, it was surprising to see that. I figured if they were gonna go down, it would be to UConn or to to another a top seed, um, whenever that matchup came. So, yeah, I guess that was surprising. Um, but, you know, I guess with, you know, Shatori Walker Kimbrough and Brianna Jones are, are leaving, um, but, and, and they're not bringing anyone in, but with another year of experience, um, from some of the younger people from Destiny Slocum, um, I would imagine that, you know, they, they can just kind of reload and give it another shot next year. I don't know if they'll be quite like maybe the last two years kind of good just on paper. But I also don't know, Thomas, how good the Big Ten's going to be because the last couple of years the Big Ten has been, what's the word I'm looking for, trash. I don't even know if I'd say it's been trash, but it's been pretty thin at least. You know, Maryland's, um, you know, Maryland's been one of the better teams, Ohio State. Uh, I think Ohio State's probably the favorite next year because Kelsey Mitchell announced this week that she is returning for her senior year. Um, she was eligible actually for the draft, but, but she is, you know, I think the early national player of the year favorite, uh, for next year. So that's something to keep an eye on. I think honestly, Ohio state's probably the big 10 favorite. And then, uh, Maryland right after that. And then Michigan a little bit behind that. Cause Michigan's returning pretty much their entire core. Um, beyond that, there, there's, there are quite a few question marks. Um, I think a few other teams will make make some noise, but it, there won't be a ton of um, stuff on the national scale. Outside this, is, of those three. this is this is important because when we start yelling about Maryland's seat next year, uh, we're going to have to come back to this conversation at some point, inevitably, because it screwed Maryland over this year. So 
I don't know, a couple of years where Maryland basketball teams have been screwed over by seeding. Isn't that wonderful? All right, let's move on to football. We didn't really think that there would be a ton of football news, uh, but there was. There's a transfer, and there have been some practices, Thomas. This also came out rather recently. We're recording this Thursday night. Uh, Corvez Boulware, who was a very highly touted recruit, is transferring, according to some reports. And Boulware figured to have a big role on the offensive line this year because of the transitions and how young it is. But now he's leaving. Where does that leave Maryland in that position, which we used to think was a position of strength for them? And I think it, it still ought to be. Um, very likely that um, maybe Richard Merritt, a former blue chip recruit, uh, ends up there. Um, possible that uh, even a freshman like Marcus Minor, um think has a shot at it. But um, it is it is surprising because when Mike Minter left with a year of eligibility uh, still remaining, um, you you did think that Boulware was on the inside track to have that, and we we still don't know any uh, reasons for it. Um, obviously, when we find out, we will report it. But um, th- there are several blue chippers still fighting for spots so it's, it's not like um you know maryland suddenly thin. no but there are now a few more question marks at a position where in the big 10 you don't really want to have question marks you know maryland, of course we've we've said maryland has recruited the offensive line well for years and years and years and this is true but i guess the other thing is is bullware of course was a randy edsel recruit uh, he didn't get a ton of playing time. Sure, he got, I think, six appearances, which isn't a lot. So maybe he figured he wasn't on the ups with the new coaching staff, which is still definitely a possibility. And there are a lot of new kids coming in that they might have their eyes on. And, of course, because they'll play freshmen and they don't care, uh, there was a chance that freshmen, such as the guys you mentioned, Marcus Minor, among others, would jump him. So I guess that's certainly plausible and there was, I believe, a practice recently, yes? Yeah, I mean, they've had now five practices, and there was an open practice today. That, that was the key um, one, because they've had practices, yeah, that, that, and no one knows that, anything about yeah, it. The important, the important practice is the open practice, because that's where people like us show up. Yes. So what um, did you see, or did they hold anything back? Is Caleb Henderson a real person? Caleb Henderson is a real person? This is good I mean, news, I knew, because I knew this, we've only talked I knew this about from, him as a, as, a, you know, yeah. as a fairy tale, like a, a person that may exist. You know, he's like uh, a yeti. Went to high school with him. I knew him. Oh, okay. so Well, you know yeah. more than anybody else about this because every time I've talked about Caleb Henderson, it was sort of a mysterious yeah. figure in the ether kind of talk. Yeah, and and as a tease, I will be writing about, hey, I went to high school with this kid, and now he's the quarterback. Oh, you should definitely stay tuned for that on testudotimes.com yeah. whenever that appears. Yeah, so so I talked to him today, and that was fun. I mean, he, he's been – he seems really excited. You know, he's – is a similar offense to the one that UNC ran, um, a similar offense, even the one that Lake Braddock ran when, when Caleb was there. So, um, you know, he, he seems really excited. He's, he's getting, he's getting reps with the ones. Obviously it's, it's still very early and Kasim Hill hasn't even showed up yet. Um, but, but all signs do look like, you know, this is, you know, this is Caleb's best shot he's had at a job. Um, you know, he's he's played behind Marquise Williams and Mitch Trubisky before. Um, Both but now turned out to be somewhat decent college quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah, decent. 
one of them might be a pretty good pro quarterback. We'll see. Uh, one that if your team takes, I'd actually still be a little bit terrified. But this is not about drafting NFL players. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, but... You, but, you know what I mean. Yeah. Yes. So, so the next guy player. in that line... The next guy in that line is now at Maryland. And this is this is true. Uh, Jared, did you go to this practice? And even if you didn't, uh, what do you think about the transfer moves and what we might be seeing at some of these practices now that the media is allowed to go to them? I did not. Unfortunately, I had class today. Oh, um, it's so a likely excuse. Ryan, yeah, you Ryan know, and you Thomas know your were... Teachers, you know your teachers are probably going to be okay with, I have to go to the weekly Wednesday press conference, so you skip classes. This is a thing that they yeah. will likely be okay with next year, just just in case you haven't picked your classes yet. That's fair. My uh, my class, my teacher yesterday was cool with me missing it, uh, missing most class for them, pro day. Most so. of them were slash R. At least the ones that I had were cool with me skipping stuff to go do news reporting things. More That's inside, a, yeah, more, I mean, more, more inside baseball stuff on this podcast. In case you care, how students who are also journalists uh, organize their lives. But also when we when we have other people like me and Ryan, we didn't have class, so it it, it yeah, works I, I, out. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it you works. know what I mean. We're works ganging out. up on Jared because it's his first show. We gotta haze him somehow. <laughs> anyway, continue. That's all right. I can handle it. Um. So <laughs> so no, your question was was what about well, what transfers do you think and Bullwear's transfer, and what do you think about what we have heard from the only open practice that we've had? If you could take anything from such a thing. Okay. Yeah. So I think if there was one position group on the Maryland football team that could withstand somebody transferring out. It was the offensive line. I think that is the one position group on the team that has been recruited consistently well, um, even prior to DJ Durkin's arrival. Uh, You know, there are guys on that line that are, that are former blue chip recruits and that are, even three-star guys or, or, or lower-rated guys who kind of materialized into serviceable linemen. And I think that when Durkin showed up last year and pulled in Richard Merritt and Terrence Davis, um, you know, that just kind of continued that pipeline of, of good offensive linemen coming to Maryland. And now uh, this class of 2017 that brought in uh, Tyron Hunt, Johnny Jordan, Jordan McNair and Marcus Minor, you know, it, it just goes to show, you know, that's, that's what, three, three, four, and four. So what is that? I don't do math. 14 stars in, in four players. So, um, you know, that's, that's a, a place where losing a guy is not a huge deal. You know, we'll go ahead and, and wish Corpus, you know, the best wherever he ends up. Um, but it's not, it's not something that I think Maryland fans should lose sleep over. And I haven't been filled in too much on what was going on at practice, but I would imagine that it was, you know, up-tempo. I would imagine Maryland's going to try to play a little bit faster this year. Uh, That was something that Walt Bell preached uh, when he got here and that they weren't able to do as well as they wanted last year with the personnel that they had, but now they have uh, a full class of their guys, so to speak, in the system. And their guys now have been here two years in the system. So I would imagine that, you know, we'll, we'll see a little more tempo from the team this year and in open practices going mm-hmm. forward. How many more open practices are there before the spring game, Thomas? 
There are three, and then the spring game is the 22nd of April. Okay, so we'll have four more practices to talk about football-related things. And, of course, stay tuned for the Caleb Henderson piece, where Thomas proves that he is, in fact, a real person. A couple of other minor things we should mention before we go. Bracket challenge still going on, though Maryland's long gone, and most of our brackets have been utterly and totally destroyed. Your leader currently has 88 points, but as I am checking right now his national champion has been eliminated so there's a lot of hope for some of you i'm somewhere in like the 120 range after a really good first days everything went horribly wrong and i'm presuming that's about what happened to everybody else you had a couple of good days and then it just went to hell i would like yep. to defend myself for a moment no, in this you, bracket you don't challenge get a to defend yourself on this you can't you defend your nonsense you, you can't defend your nonsense on this you can go defend that on twitter where nonsense like that is peddled for a living. You're not defending it on this podcast. I'm sorry. Don't care if it's your first episode. Uh, by the way, there's one other thing from our bracket challenge that I wanted to mention, and I never got a chance to mention, and I think it's hilarious, considering how much we all love Ken Palm on this show. Somebody actually decided to just go on through the matchups and then pick the highest team left in Ken Palm. And the guy went 41 for 60, and his national title game was Gonzaga, North Carolina. That's just Ken Palm. That's not somebody picking. He might have actually believed it, but that's just Ken Palm. So that's a very reasonable national title game to expect. So, again, Ken Palm wins, everybody. Sorry. Uh, And finally, uh, we should also talk about the sports in the spring that are going on. Thomas, please uh, fill me in on what has happened. Um, Well, uh, while all of the Mellow Trimble and Micah Thomas stuff was going on, Maryland women's lacrosse. Uh, beat number three Florida on a Wednesday afternoon, eighteen to eight. So they beat the number um, three team in the country by ten. They might be good yeah. at what they do. A little bit. A uh, great day to be a Terp. Um, that's a Kathy Reese catchphrase, apparently. Um, I can see that. But but yeah, um, men's lacrosse got a good win over UNC over the weekend. Um, By the way, we should mention this because our, one of our running jokes on the show is that Rutgers is bad as everything. Uh, they were number one in a sport, which I can't believe actually happened, and then they lost to Delaware. So this is a lesson to you all. Don't make Rutgers number one in anything. Thank you. You can continue. Or, you can, or if you do, which is, a you know, if you do, just expect chaos. And the, and yes. Fun. And, the, and the fabric of the space-time continuum to explode. If and they're number one for a while, that might happen, but, you know. Maybe if they're one, number one in football, but anyway, ooh, continue on with, uh, continue on with would, what you've been talking Ash about. have to do some, do some real cool stuff there. Spam, um, buy the spam. Anyway, continue on what you were talking about, sorry. Um, yeah, baseball took two out of three from Michigan, that was a thing. Uh, Maryland softball allegedly played a game, um, and what else? Also, didn't something crazy happen with Florida, who Maryland once beat this season somehow? Yeah, I mean Florida had like a little a little shovey match with with Auburn, and it's it's the second most embarrassing thing that's happened to Florida this season. <laughs> True. Remember, folks, it just means more in the SEC. Jared, do you have anything to comment on uh, spring sports? No, I just. I didn't know if you guys know that the context behind that Florida Auburn scuffle. We're not is a actually... Florida or Auburn podcast, but I guess it was interesting. So why not? Yeah, no, it just beat them. Just real quick, no, it was, it was funny to uh, to know that the the girl 
who got shoved or however you want to look at it. Her older sisters used to play for Florida and were dismissed by that coach. So there was existing bad blood there. Um, that was, I think, uh, what I read it is what kind of led to her not wanting to high-five him and his subsequent uh, push. Nice. So you get more information about Florida and Auburn softball on a Maryland sports podcast than you will in most places. That's what we do here on this show, folks. Uh, anyway, that's about all we have time for as the cold medicine continues to kick in even further. Jared, how did you think your first show went? I think it was really good. Uh, I really did want to want to explain myself for that, no, that Maryland kick, uh-uh. but but if you I'm if you, you say NyQuil. no, then it's your thing. So go ahead. You have a chance to do that. I'm gonna shove Nyquil down your throat. There's no explaining that. Sorry. Okay. No uh, problem. Thomas, how do how do you do? Uh, I thought he did pretty well. Um, I think his Maryland pick was a totally reasonable pick. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> reasonable if you were like me, hyped up on cold meds. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I don't know the. I don't know why, why he did, but I'm sure he had his reasons. Um, I just anyway. wanted to show the fans that that I meant business. You know that I'm. I'm a. You I'm a real Maryland. I'm a real turf. You. You're more of a Maryland fan than the guy who said Mellow Trimble was catatonic against Northwestern. You don't need That's to prove yourself. Much. He's more of a Maryland fan than that guy and Mike Francesa. We know. Yes. Or maybe more, no, it's going to make a Frank Isola joke, but let's not do that. Um, anyway, uh, it's easy, it's easy pickings. Uh, thank you both for being here. You will hear a lot more from Jared in the weeks and months ahead. You will also hear from Lamar at some point in the future. And if more basketball news comes out, and I'm pretty sure we haven't heard the last of basketball news for a while, you will definitely hear about it on this podcast. Also, again, be sure to tune in for Thomas's interview with Caleb Henderson, because you really won't get that anywhere else. And otherwise... Enjoy the week ahead, but of course, go Terps. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.